0: Welcome to the family. Here on Purple Mafia, I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Uwajen. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music now, Stitcher, and Double Twist. So all the other stuff, but Google Play Music is now in play as well. I know uh, Justin Mayor Henry out of Colorado said that's one of his go-to apps for podcasting. So there you go. That's just another option. To get on Purple Mafia, Brave the Wild, Timberwolves Explosion, shows like that, of course, that I do for the Vikings, Timberwolves, and Minnesota Wild, who are flashing in the background today. A little different. Usually I got Sunday Night Football. That hasn't started yet. But of course, this being one of those late afternoon games that I kind of sort of don't like, just got to format the show a little teeny bit different in this situation. Kind of is what it is. But, well, it was, uh, you know, it's kind of a close game, a tight game, and then... Just San Diego started really. I just called them San Diego again. The Los Angeles Superchargers, Los Angeles Supercharger. So it does fit. It just doesn't sound as good. The other one that somebody on YouTube made. Yeah, let's just say no, <laughs> terrible. I'll take the old San Diego one. Sounds real cool. But no, uh, things changed very dramatically because they got into the uh, spirit of giving and all that. Is it, it is the season of giving and all that. So they said Seasons Greetings, Minnesota and. Turned the ball over seven times en route to a 39-10 to Minnesota Vikings victory in some place called, uh, yeah, some place called something. D- Dignity Health Sports Park.
1: It is what it is.
0: Uh, it's another one of those, I guess, it's kind of like last week's game. One of those games where you're like, yeah, we, we won. Do we feel better? Uh, we feel good that we won. Yes, I feel great that we won. I feel great that the Vikings' chances of going 12-4 and four are very high. Uh, but, obviously, that's not etched in stone yet. Still got to beat the Packers and Bears. But, luckily, both home games. Minnesota's success rate against Green Bay and the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium has been good. Unfortunately, Chicago did beat Minnesota last year. I don't think they're as good as they were last season. They are 7-7, seven and seven, and the Bears, as we have heard all over the place, didn't do us a whole lot of favors, even though it, wasn't, uh, it was a decent game and all that. Well, it's been an interesting week. Once again, let's get to this game. No, that's what this segment is all about. Just hopping right into things. Not too long after the finish. Less than an hour after. But I guess that's normal. It's just we'll be jumping right into segment two super quick. Because it already is about that Sunday night football time. 39 to 10. Yeah, it wasn't an offensive explosion, though. Mike Boone had a very nice game. I mean, every time he touched the ball, he just exploded. I love that. Kind of a north-south runner. Doesn't really do too much of that east-west stuff, trying to juke people around. He just powers his way through. I really like Mike Boone, and I think he deserves a a shot at regular carries someday in the NFL. With uh, Madison and Cook on the roster, it's kind of tough, but he should at least be your third running back. Even Abdullah with a little bit of... uh, explosivity on occasion, getting the ball, but obviously he's got a fumbling problem. We all know about that. That's kind of been his M.O., unfortunately. Seven turnovers for the Los Angeles. I don't know. I won't call them short circuits, but I guess you kind of can call them that. It's just too predictable. I, I don't know. It's It was an electrical fire. I think it was more than, than just a short circuit. Like, short circuit is like all those interceptions, I guess you could say, but generally speaking, it was more of an electrical fire there in uh, that building. <laughs> Dignity Health Sports Park just rolls right off your tongue. DHSP. Welcome to DHSP. That actually doesn't sound bad, but yeah, it just rolls right off your tongue. Uh the background is nice. You know, you get the palm trees, you got the nice weather in the mid 60s there in Los Angeles, maybe mid to upper 60s, dew point in the 30s. That's freaking awesome. I mean, that's just like a treasure of a of a day there in Los Angeles, but well, the Rams, they didn't have such a good game either. We'll talk about that in segment two. Not a good day for the city of Los Angeles, even though they had a great game last week on Sunday Night Football to keep their season rolling and to, uh, damage Seattle's chances of home field advantage. Let's get to this game, though. What the hell? <laughs> San Diego was frustrating a bit. The Vikings did put together... I just called them I'm never going to get it out of my head. The Chargers. Let's just call them the Chargers. Eventually. You, you know, last year I didn't have this problem. This year I'm having it every freaking day, seems like. It's ridiculous. But no, the (laughs) Kirk Cousins and the Vikings drove down the field very nicely early on. Though a lot of us were like kind of having a tough time paying more attention to the Bears game, hoping they could somehow get past the Packers. But no, Vikings drive down the field, eat the clock up quite a bit, and wind up uh, getting a touchdown to Irv Smith. That was nice. But then Dan Bailey bangs it off the upright, which sounds very similar to what happened with uh, the uh, Chicago Bears last year in the playoffs. Next thing you know, the Chargers end up scoring in the field goal. It was just kind of a back and forth game with field goals early on. Chargers added their field goal. Vikings got another field goal so it's 9 to 3 blah blah blah. Vikings get a golden opportunity with the first fumble of the game early on. An early fumble. You think okay, here we go. Golden opportunity and we only get a field goal so it's like okay. Next thing you know the Chargers blow down the field pretty nicely. And that was by far their most impressive moment in the game. Little did we know that would be the last time the Chargers would score. And this was the point in the game when everybody would be terrified, thinking, boy, here we go. It's the same vanilla secondary again. And then, of course, Xavier Rhodes gets hurt again. Looks like a calf cramp, maybe a a cramp in his calf area. That's what it looked like. And he's just kind of hopping around like he pretty much does anyway. Even when he's on the field, like in the field of play, the so to speak, when it's a live ball, you're seeing a lot of the similar stuff from uh, Xavier Rhodes, and <laughs> I don't know what to say here, but the secondary looked awful during during that drive and in others. It was kind of bend but don't break, and next thing you know, the San uh, Diego, Los Angeles Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers continued to turn the ball over time and time and time again. Uh, it was unbelievable. Melvin Gordon fumbles. You end up getting a field goal again. So you're thinking, why aren't the Vikings just blowing this team out of the water? We should be blowing them out, including the other two field goals you get with Dan Bailey. Golden opportunities for Minnesota as the Chargers just continued to, to turn the ball over. Uh, Phillip Rivers was driving the ball down the field in a play that would at least been in field goal range, because they were in field goal range, where the Chargers. At very least, the L.A. Chargers could have taken a 12-10 to 10 lead, excuse me, a 13 to 12 lead, or maybe even get into the end zone, something along those lines. 13 to 12 lead. Right at the end of half. Right at the end of the half, and the next thing you know, Daniil Hunter, who was just unbelievable throughout the game, had had a sack earlier, strips sacks or well strips the ball away from uh, Mister Philip Rivers. Next thing you know, I've any uh, <laughs> what enigma. If any, Odenigmo picks up the ball and scampers all the way. But here's the best part about the play. Not only did Daniel Hunter force the fumble, Odenigmo with the uh, you know the awareness and athleticism, able to pick up the ball and see this golden opportunity, but guess who made the block down the field with his explosive speed? <laughs> that was Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter made the block that pretty much sealed the deal for Odenigmo's 56-yard fumble six uh, acquisition. Recovered fumble six, basically, acquisition, thanks to, uh, well, courtesy of Philip Rivers, who was in very much in a giving mood today. Uh, four turnovers overall for Philip Rivers. Three interceptions and including that one. Melvin Gordon fumbled twice. It was quite a fumbling interception fest. Uh, it was unbelievable. Daniel Hunter just flat out unbelievable throughout the entire game. I saw Devon, Delvin Cook basically fall on his side because he needs to, well, he was just training himself how to fall a certain way. See, if you fall this way, everything will be okay, right? But when you fall the wrong way because, well, you know, it's football and bad things happen, then, well, guess what? Unfortunately, wow, bad things happen for sure. I can't believe what I'm looking at here. I can't, I can't believe that. We'll get back to that in a minute. Wow, I don't believe what I'm seeing here. What the heck? Really? But, uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm distracted to seeing something. I can't believe what I'm looking at here. Jiminy. But, uh, what was I getting at? Delvin Cook, well, he, I guess he fell the wrong way. That's all it was. Yeah, back onto that left shoulder again, and, well, <clears throat> that was the end of his day. Looked like he was in a lot of pain, but then next thing you know, he's on the sidelines as the Chargers continue to turn the ball away. over. Uh, turn, turn over the ball time and time again, be it a fumble or one of... <laughs> Phillip Rivers' three interceptions, it felt like 14. It really did. He was just kind of hurling the ball, like, ah, what the hell, you know, we're not going anywhere anyway, we're going to lose, obviously, we're going to lose, I don't think I'm ever going to win a Super Bowl, but I'll be a loyal charger, you know, and I'll continue to be, you know, I'll continue to be, you know, borderline Hall of Fame because of my numbers, but unfortunately, no Super Bowl championship. A couple of AFC title games, though, but unfortunately, they were both lost at the end of the day. It, It just, it is what it is, you know, I mean, It is what it is for the uh, L.A. Chargers slash San Diego Chargers. I don't know how much success the L.A. Chargers are going to have currently, but someday they'll have more and more success. Maybe they'll move back to San Diego. I don't know. That's what everybody wants to believe will happen. The Chargers did end up getting numbers, but this is just kind of Phillip Rivers at the end of the day, especially the last year or so, pretty much this year especially. But he'll, he'll get the yardage. He'll get the 300 yards every game. He'll throw for a touchdown, maybe two, but then he'll have multiple interceptions as well, and that's just kind of what Phillip Rivers has been this year. He's not the same guy. Uh, the team isn't the same. The vibe isn't the same. And the Vikings just continue to put up points, mostly because of their defense at the end of the day, though Mike Boone was able to finish a couple of touchdowns down the stretch. Again, with good field position, a, a blocked punt helped. It was a it was a partially blocked punt. You know, It wasn't the kind of block where it's like, wow, we're at the one. Vikings got the ball at like the, the uh, at like midfield or so, or like little past midfield, uh, but the Vikings uh, obviously took care of business there with Mike Boone, because there was no, there was no Alexander Madison, and then of course Delvin Cook, after only 27 yards, he was uh, eaten up pretty good throughout the game, Mike Boone would have had a number of more yards, if not for a couple of holding penalties, where he would have had 10 yards in each play, kind of sad, Boone might have won up with about 80 yards in today's game. Too bad. That, that's a shame. Uh, nice debut for him. Obviously, it's not his first game, but like, really a debut in terms of being like a leading rusher. Like, the lead rusher after Dalvin Cook was out. Abdullah was decent as well, but Mike Boone looked pretty explosive, actually. He's got the quickness and the explosivity. He's got speed and power, which I think could make him a legitimate running back in the league. With good blocking in front of him, there's no reason why Mike Boone can't be a legitimate running back in the NFL. Honestly, um, Chargers' defense is actually pretty good. Their run defense is good, and Mike Boone beat them up pretty good. Obviously, it appeared the Chargers' interest in this game was, well, definitely waning down the stretch. They were probably moving into preseason mode, like why get injured and screw up my career? In a game that we're trailing by 29 points, 25 points, whatever, you know, it just kept going (laughs) (laughs) down by 21, 29, and just 22, whatever. Pretty much a messy, messy game as things continued down the stretch. You finally got to see Sean Mannion uh, kneel a couple times. Poor guy. They should have just put him in there. I mean, because what if something stupid happened? You got to see Kirk Cousins rush for 14 yards in the first down. That was nice, but he didn't slide. He went like Dante Culpepper style, shoulder first, which I don't recommend. What if he got hurt? So, I don't know. Uh, Kirk Cousins was okay. The interception he threw in the game was yuck. It was terrible. It was kind of like... The old oh, that's Kirk Cousins again, where he literally just kind of threw it right to the defender. Both quarterbacks, maybe, maybe Philip Rivers was rubbing off on him. That was a little bit scary, but luckily, right after that, that was when uh, that was when the fumble six happened. So boom, I mean, things changed so dramatically. Next thing you know, the Chargers were totally screwed, and the Vikings were in great position to have a pretty good shot at being twelve and four this year, with a couple of home games against Green Bay and Chicago to wrap things up. In the regular season, still might wind up on the road in the first round. In fact, the chances are very high of that. But uh, we'll see what happens. Oh, I'm not happy with what I'm seeing over in the NFC leaders right now, though. Not happy at all. Uh, Seattle's back in in first again because San Francisco found a way to lose to Atlanta. I, I, how do you lose to Atlanta? I I I, I don't know. You just beat a, uh, you just beat New Orleans on the road and you lose to Atlanta. Mm. Uh, welcome to the NFL. Welcome to sports. I mean, it's just the classic trap game, and they got trapped. They got trapped. Baltimore didn't get trapped in their trap game, so to speak. You got another, like, one of many this year in that division. <laughs> or in, in, that, in that area, I guess. Um, the Jets, give me a break. They're terrible. But, um, well, I mean, I don't feel all super excited about the game because the Chargers clearly were not that interested. Phillip Rivers is just kind of chucking and ducking. He didn't really look all that serious out there. I also do believe the Chargers got a lot of calls going against them in this game. Okay, so yes, you might we, we might get mad about the out-of-bounds play to Stephon Diggs. He was out-of-bounds. It wasn't by a whole lot, but he was out-of-bounds. His, his toe was out. So other than that, Minnesota fans can't really complain. I mean, we got a couple of holding calls where Mike Boone might have gotten 80 yards. That would have been nice for Mike Boone. It's unfortunate those calls happened, but if that's on us a bit. Yeah, at the end of the day, but a lot of plays where maybe there could have been a little bit of defensive pass interference, this and that, against the Vikings. Possibly there was definitely a hold <laughs> down the stretch where Kirk Cousins had enough freedom to throw the ball. He would <laughs> there was definitely a hold there. Kirk Cousins probably should have been pressured a little. Uh, could have been pressured at least on that play into a, an incomplete pass, a throwaway or something that ended up being the big play to Stefan Diggs, 40 yards down the field. So there is, uh, there were a couple of moments in this game where I think the Vikings definitely got away with something, but it is what it is. I mean, at least it was, uh, I don't know, the sad part is, you know, it ends up being another semi-preseason game, in a sense, where the other team was losing interest after the first half. So that's the crappy part. You like to get calls like that in the playoffs. Hopefully the Vikings can do that, because chances are we might be heading to Green Bay in the first round. Or New Orleans now, because Green Bay at this second, depending on what happens with the Saints, Green Bay at this second is the only uh, other team. Lead- is the only other team other than Seattle leading the division with eleven wins? So that's a first round bye, depending on what happens with New Orleans coming up here. So that's going to be extremely interesting to see how things turn out. Fun game in terms of <clears throat> the turnovers, but it got to a point of like you, you felt bad. You felt almost stupid, like, okay, yeah, are we good, or is San Diego just, like, screwing around? It felt like San Diego was just screwing around to me, and I just called them that again, the Los Angeles Chargers. L.A., the Chargers were just screwing around out there, in my humble opinion, in the second half. But, well, at least I guess we're the better team, and we're 10-4, and 4, and that's pretty much where we stand at this stage for the Minnesota Vikings. Am I super-duper confident after this game, I'm more confident in the defense that we're capable of forcing turnovers. Uh, Daniil Hunter looks like an absolute superstar. He always has looked like he was on the borderline of being an, a superstar, at least a Pro Bowl type of player, but to me, yeah, he's one of the best defensive linemen in the entire NFL. He's the youngest guy to get to 50 sacks, uh, so he has just been unbelievable in his young career. Still got a long way to go. He has got no ego whatsoever. He just gets the sacks and plays his game. He doesn't look for ways to showboat and show up the other team and show up the other quarterback, whatever it is. He just goes out there and plays. And I've got nothing but good things to say about the guy. Absolutely. So good for him and good for the Minnesota Vikings. And thank God we got him signed. That's all I got to say about that. Though, wouldn't blame him if he's looking for a little uh, up up in salary. Uh, aren't we all? Right? Aren't we all? No matter how much of a raise we got last year, we we want another one. We want another one, all of us, all of us, myself included. With that said, I guess the Fran Tarkington Award for this show, plain and simple, it's uh, Daniel Hunter. There's just no question about that. Uh, The Christian Ponder Memorial for this episode, I'm not really sure if there's really a need for one at this stage. Maybe just the Chargers just kind of not caring. (laughs) The Los Angeles Chargers just simply not caring. That's all it really feels like at the end of the day. Um, <clears throat> it is frustrating. I mean, you get gimme plays after turnovers. That's where I think there's a. I won't call it an, call it an urban legend. I'll just kind of talk to basically the Vikings' offense not executing in situations where they need to. Uh, you're at the. You're in the red zone after a turnover. You got to get in the end zone. Uh, you're playing Green Bay. You got to get in. I mean, any game after this now. This this is the last game you can get away with that stuff where you wind up with a, a measly field goal in the red zone after a turnover. I mean, you, you're, you're in the red zone after a turnover. That's a momentum moment there that can change everything. In a playoff game, I mean, obviously those of us that have watched football for five minutes can say, I mean, those are Super Bowl winning moments possibly where you take advantage of a turnover right there in the red zone and you score a touchdown. I mean, it's a huge... Huge change in momentum. It kicks the other team when they're down, so to speak, and just boosts you up higher. The next thing you know, the the game's out of hand, and you're world champions, or you're going to the Super Bowl, or you're going to the NFC title game, whatever it is. You got to take advantage of those moments. You got to you, you you're you're the team kicking field goals. The other team's like, okay, well, hey, they failed, they failed in that golden opportunity. Let's <laughs> let's keep going. And next thing you know, the other team is up by five points. The other team's up by. 10 points with five minutes remaining, and you're thinking, you know, we sure could have used that touchdown. You know, we'd be on, we'd be only down by three right now with the ball, but we're down by 10, and the clock's ticking, that type of thing. Stuff like that. Or you're only up by four, and you, boy, oh, boy, you could have sure used that extra point because that extra touchdown that you should have had, the extra four points you should have had, maybe you'd be up by a full score or a score and a half, blah, 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 and you'd be on your way to the, uh, you know, whatever it is, on your way to uh, a huge victory that will change things in a, in a very positive way and move you into places you haven't been in 50 years, like the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be great? With that said, again, Fran Tarkington is going to Daniil Hunter, and the Christian Brown Memorial is just generally not getting in the end zone on those multiple opportunities. You wind up with 6 points when you should have had 14. So, it is what it is. I mean, how about 10, at least? And you didn't get it, so... Thank God for that fumble six. That was pretty much the turning point of the game. And Daniel Hunter, not only the sack, not only the, the, the sack, basically, you could call it a strip sack, the forced fumble, and, of course, the block for Odinigbo as he headed into the end zone. Odenigbo is just getting better and better and better also the past few weeks. He's looking great as well. <clears throat> we'll take a quick break, come back, look across the NFL as the uh, landscape's changing a bit. A certain purple team is ruling the AFC now, absolutely ruling it, and we'll see if they continue to do so heading into the coming weeks. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the NFL a bit. Of course, the NFC North, which isn't a whole lot of exciting stuff, I suppose, other than the Bears and the Packers. And, of course, that'll be the very last game we'll look at because next week' opponent is the Green Bay Packers, which in a lot of ways is the NFC North on the line. Chicago Bears can't catch us, and the <laughs> yeah, they're not going to catch us or the Packers. So it's the Vikings versus the Packers. The Vikings win this game coming up, and, uh, well... Still got a real shot at winning the NFC North and a first-round bye and all that good stuff. It's not the whole kit and caboodle or anything yet, but it's heading in that direction someday, hopefully. Sunday night here coming up momentarily other than the Minnesota Wild and the Blackhawks tied up now after going down 2-0 right away. So good job, yeah, Eric Stahl and Kevin Viala. Eric Stahl, 1,000th point in his career. Do check out Brave the Wild for a Minnesota Wild conversation. In the podcasting world, same Outlets oh, that you heard about this show again: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Double Twist, and I'm sure there's others out there as well. Pittsburgh hosting the Buffalo Bills—that's a big one right there. Of course, Buffalo Bills—if they're able to be victorious, maybe they can help Tennessee, Tennessee, get into the postseason and ensure themselves also yeah, a huge moment for Buffalo here. Ensure themselves of making it into the postseason because Pittsburgh would actually then hold the tiebreaker; their records would be identical at nine and five, and. Yeah, so that's going to be very interesting. Monday night, a week from a week from the huge Minnesota and Green Bay effort coming up will be huge, a rematch here of the 2009 Super Bowl. Should have been Indianapolis versus a purple team called the Minnesota Vikings, but of course, yeah. Well, the Chargers did basically what we did in a lot of ways, fumbled the ball away a billion times. It's just that they didn't put in as nearly as much of an effort as the Vikings did in that game. Think about it. I mean, the Vikings would have actually blown the Saints out if it wasn't for all those stupid turnovers. But, well, history's history, and you fumble the ball away, and you're screwed. So, the games like today are what are what turnovers can really turn into. I mean, they can turn into an absolute blowout when it probably shouldn't have been at the end of the day. The Vikings and Chargers' offenses, you know, not too bad. The, the Chargers' offense isn't bad until they start turning the ball over, and once they do, forget about it. Baltimore is a team that just kills everybody right now. This isn't much of a game in a lot of ways, even though the Jets were still kind of, you know, they are kind of halfway decent. Well, Chargers record 5-8 and eight coming into the game. But Baltimore, M&T Bank Stadium, 70,000 people in attendance. They just cruised to a 12-2 and record, literally doubling up the New York Jets. A New York Jets team that had some moments this year, but generally speaking, they're not serious at the end of the day. It just is what it is. Lamar Jackson, five touchdown passes. You know, this is the Thursday night game, of course. Unbelievable. Uh, Sam Darnold putting up numbers. But Lamar Jackson, just whatever. Anything Sam can do, Lamar can do better. He can do anything better than Sam. Blah, 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 blah. You know, we enter that song once again. Five touchdowns. Unbelievable. I mean, the guy just makes it look easy. Uh, He's got the athleticism. He's got the ability to pass the ball. You know, I mean, again, if you want to compare him to this guy or that guy, uh, I think... I mean, I think he's already better than Michael Vick. I do. As as good as Michael Vick was. This guy is unbelievable. And I'm going to say it every week. Every single week. Should have went number one overall in the draft. you know. And, and you could just see it coming in Louisville. I'm just going to keep saying it. Because maybe it's a new listener or two. He's freaking out. great Chicago. Ugh, I hate the Blackhawks. I hate the Blackhawks. I'll take the Bears any day over the Blackhawks. And you know what? That's just because it's when the Bears play the Packers. A fan base and team that hates the Green Bay Packers isn't isn't all that bad in my book. Until they play us, of course. Then it's frustrating and you get mad. But I still I still have a soft spot for the Bears only for that reason. If if only for that reason. And of course, they bring it back to the 80s because they were damn good in those days. By the, by the time the 90s rolled around, the Bears were kind of meh. Along with, uh, with the D- Detroit, who generally has been meh most of the time. A couple of great seasons from Barry Sanders, of course. A couple of division titles during the Sanders era that unfortunately for him... Just wasn't enough wasn't enough talent around him there, even though the defense was good. The offense was mediocre. Now I'm just dreaming here, daydreaming off into the past again. That Detroit team was interesting back then, but they just could never get too far. They got to the, AF, the NFC title game once, and then Washington just smoked them big time. And then, yeah, the, the 91 season there. Oh, Baltimore. They just made it look easy, and I... I think there's a very good chance the Baltimore Ravens will be in the Super Bowl and probably be favored to win the whole thing. But, I don't know, things can change pretty quickly, as we all know. Carolina Panthers, no more uh, Ron Rivera, no more Ron Rivera. This was a playoff matchup that was gone both ways in the past. Carolina's beaten Seattle, Seattle's beaten Carolina in the past, blah, blah, blah. Well, Seattle went into Bank of America Stadium with no more Ron Rivera. And an overall awesome Total yardage day once again by Christian McCaffrey. Mr. Total Yardage. 88 yards receiving, 87 yards rushing, two touchdowns overall. He's a first-round pick in fantasy football, no doubt about it. If not first, first mean he's way up there at the top. Uh, Carson as well for the Seattle Seahawks, 133 yards on the ground. A couple of touchdowns as well. Incredible game for him. Kyle Allen's just average, I guess. Seattle's defense looked a little better, getting three turnovers at the end of the day. Kyle Allen, I mean, he was okay for a little while, but now now it's just once he started screwing up or once he started having some turnovers against the Green Bay Packers, he's not been the same guy. And Russell Wilson just kind of coasted through the game against the Carolina defense that's nowhere near what they once were when they were a Super Bowl team years ago in 2015. 137 quarterback rating. And the Seattle Seahawks don't look now, but they're the number one seed in the NFC. And I'm not real happy about that. Philadelphia, Washington. Philadelphia Eagles kind of staying alive, I guess. They're 7-7. 37-27 in a yucky game. Washington Redskins. Well, Mr. LeClaron did pretty well. McLaurin McLaurin did well in the game. 130 yards receiving. Five catches and a touchdown. Mr. Sanders there. He had a hell of a game for Philadelphia. Miles Sanders. Big, big game for him, generally speaking. Adrian Peterson adding to that record, 66 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Good for him, continuing in the right direction. As today, Adrian officially passes Curtis Martin, unbelievable, one by one yard anyway. Curtis Martin before today's game was fifth all-time, 14,101 yards. The 66 yards by Adrian Peterson put him at 14,102 yards, fifth all-time now. On the NFL rushing list, he's easily a first bell hall of famer, blah, 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 blah. Barry Sanders at 15269 was passed by Frank Gore not too long ago, just a couple, maybe a week, two weeks ago. Frank Gore at 15306 So it's cool to look at this stuff, like I talked about last week. I mean, this is some historic stuff. I mean, Frank Gore's third all-time in NFL history. Like how Curtis Martin was such a historic figure, because you think, you know, he was good, But it was more of like he just stuck around and stuck around and stuck around and just kept it coming, kept it coming, kept it coming, kept it coming. And that's what Frank Gore is also. Curtis Martin, you know, it's like great player, but not like Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, great. Just very good. Uh, Obviously, Frank Gore, similar. I just can't believe it. And Adrian Peterson, well, he's about 1,215. No, he's about... Yeah, he is. Adrian Peterson is... About 1,168 yards behind uh, Barry Sanders. 67 yards. So he needs 1,167 to go to catch Barry Sanders. Wouldn't that be incredible if he caught him? I will not say Adrian Peterson was a better running back than Barry Sanders. I will not say Frank Gore is a better running back than Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders retired when he was 29. Don't forget. Uh, Emmett Smith hung on a long time into his mid-30s like Adrian Peterson. and Well, it made him the number one best running back ever in terms of numbers. He was a hell of a player, don't get me wrong, but 14 years in the NFL is quite a bit. Uh, Curtis Martin played 10 years. Adrian Peterson is in his 13th. Frankie Gore is in his 15th. So similar to Emmett Smith there. Uh, Barry Sanders, only 10 years in the NFL. Only 10, official. Uh, Curtis Martin, so we'd, we'd call it 11. 95 to 05. That, that's 11, obviously, because you count 95 and 05. Blah, blah, blah. Barry Sanders, only 10 full years in Detroit, but who so you add another five years or so, it's probably 20,000 plus, so Barry Sanders would easily beat all, all of them at the end of the day, so at the end of the day, pure pure yardage, Barry Sanders is the greatest ever, I think the overall best running back was Walter Payton but it's pretty much between those two, Emmett's probably third along the way and then you go with, you know, whoever whoever, Aledanian ah, Tomlinson hell of a career as well, he only played a certain amount of years, he just kept getting more and more banged up, it was 11 years officially for LT, what a great player Too bad how he kept dropping off because of guys like Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. He was fifth all time, the son of a gun. But, uh, well, guys are getting pushed down because of Frank and Adrian. I got sidetracked a bit there. But every time I come to Washington, I got to go there because it's cool watching this. It's going to be a long time until Adrian catches Barry. So it'll be next year if he plays again, if he comes back and he finishes strong this year. Unfortunately for Adrian, it literally is just about stats at this stage. You could say the same about uh, uh, Emmett Smith as well in his days with uh, the <clears throat> Arizona Cardinals and even uh, the other guy. In the past, other players that hung on for way, way, way too long. Who am I blanking on? Marcus Allen. That's who I'm thinking about. Marcus Allen who hung on forever with Kansas City. He just never retired. He played 16 freaking years in the late 82. He started in 82. He won the Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Raiders. And he was still playing... When, uh, just, just before Randy Moss suited up for the Vikings. That's a pretty big gap. I mean, that's unbelievable, considering how long he played in the NFL. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Corey Dillon, 20th. That's cool to see all these numbers. LaShawn McCoy, yeah, he has no chance. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's crazy. 22nd, 11,000. So, you know, that's only a 3,000 yard difference, but, yeah, 3,000 good luck. You know, it takes time to get those yards, boy. Especially if you're getting older. I better be quiet or be quiet, or move on or whatever. Probably move on. New York Giants and Miami. Well, the Giants beat the Miami Dolphins and they're both 3-11 and, well, the Giants now hold the tiebreaker between them and the Dolphins, so Dolphins get to pick higher. That's about all that matters, other than I still love the Miami Dolphins uniforms. I'm happy for Pat Shermer with that kick-ass offense, but unfortunately, Eli Manning, he was back playing again with Jones being out. Oh, Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones, that's a shame. Eli Manning three interceptions against the Dolphins. Eli Manning threw three interceptions against the Dolphins. Get serious, man. It, it's such a shame. It's such a shame to see such a, see, see a guy that was so clutch and so great drop off like that. But it is what it is. It is what it is, guys. It is what it is, guys. <clears throat> yes, it is. Giants, nice game, though, overall, the running game, this and that. They played solid football against uh, one of the better uniforms in the NFL, but it doesn't matter. Uh, boy lots of turnovers for old Eli Eli, Kansas City they were definitely playing in the snow in New York they were playing in some flurries even though there was some sun it was like a sun, sun snow shower, wrap your head around that or r- just rolls right off your tongue a sun snow shower flurry snow shower, yeah well Kansas City there was actual snow quite a bit of it, so good for them in Arrowhead Stadium that's kind of cool to see snow in Kansas City considering how hot and humid it gets in the summer over there for Kansas City Royals fans Hoofta. I would not want to play outdoors there. Looks just like Dunkin' Donuts when these two teams play. Of course, they're a division team, uh, division combination here. It looks just like Dunkin' Donuts, doesn't it? Ah, yes. You get to see that red and the orange together. Yeah, make, making me think about breakfast right now. Making me think about breakfast. 23-3. <laughs> to 3. That's about all that matters in terms of Detroit here. Putting up just a lousy three points. I just called them Detroit-Denver. Drew Locke who's again emerging nicely. Second-round pick for the Denver Broncos. Pretty good chance of being a future quarterback, but not in today's game. He's going to have to be a little better. Yeah, sometimes the snow just gets to you. The ball slips, and you stink, and you're 45%, but Patrick Mahomes is 80%. Obviously, Mahomes is a better quarterback than Drew Locke right now. Duh. Probably always will be, but we'll see. Maybe Drew Locke will pick it up. Very heavy snow just crushing the Arrowhead Stadium there. Beautiful, beautiful sight, I suppose, but Mahomes still very solid. Kansas City rolling, and blah, 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 blah. They'll be hosting a wildcard game, and hopefully they can uh, do uh, make the most of it. Let's continue. I kept going on and on about Adrian again. I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I I love history, okay? That's really what it's all about. Crucial loss for Tennessee. Ah, crucial loss for the Tennessee Titans. Home game against the Houston Texans feel, yeah, these two teams are, this is the Oiler Bowl. We'll call it the Oiler Bowl because it's exactly what it is. It is the Oiler Bowl. The Tennessee Oiler Titans were not too good against the Houston Oiler Texans. Ah, uh, I want the Houston Oilers back. Screw the Texans. Nice logo, but the name's stupid. The Texans? I don't like it. Titans is a cool name. Whatever. Yeah, it's a cool name. The logo is mediocre. It's not bad. It could be worse. It's a mediocre logo, cool name, and then Houston's the opposite. It's a mediocre name, cool logo, but I digress. I don't know why I'm even getting in this. Tannehill continuing to put up the numbers and all that. Nice baby blue uniforms. Uh, good job, generally speaking, for Tannehill. Uh, good job by the Tennessee defense forcing multiple turnovers on Deshaun Watson, but he was still more than good enough down the stretch at the end of the day. And a crying shame. Tennessee just cannot finish the job here. They made a nice comeback. They were kind of hanging in there after Houston took a 14-0 lead and was rolling along the way. Uh, Tennessee staying alive. They're at home. Derrick Henry was big and strong in the game. DeAndre Hopkins had some big-time moments receiving down the stretch. I always liked that guy coming out of college and into the draft. But it just wasn't enough. And Houston ends up winning 24-21 to 21 as they're nearing closer and closer to a division championship and they'll be hosting a wild card game. Woo-hoo. So Texas in general will be hosting multiple wild card games most likely at the end of the day. Dallas and Houston. And uh, I'd rather see Tennessee in the playoffs. But that's just me. I'd rather see them more than Pittsburgh. Boof! Uh, I do not want Pittsburgh to win tonight. I don't know why. I just don't like Pittsburgh. I just don't like Pittsburgh very much. kind of tired of them. Detroit and Tampa, we'll leave that alone because we're skipping Green Bay-Chicago for now. Those are our final two games, so that's kind of funny. Right there, and that's the oldest matchup ever. 200th meeting between these two teams because they were around for all 100 years, and you play them twice, home and away, home and away, because when you're in division, you play them twice every year, and what a historic, 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 historic matchup for 100 bleeping years, and we'll get back to it later. Detroit stinks, we'll get back to that later. Cincinnati stinks, and I bet the New England Patriots were just thrilled looking at their schedule after last week's frustration with the Chiefs, thinking, oh, finally, we'll end this two-game losing streak after being 11-1. and That's got to suck. Man, that's a, after yeah, a, couple, a couple of losses here for uh, New England lately, but now they're 11-3, and 10-1, I apologize. Cincinnati's now 1-13, and I in that number one pit, baby. Tom Brady's accuracy has dropped off. His arm is not quite the same. The chemistry with his receivers has not been good. It is what it is. Andy Dalton threw four interceptions, though, and that's the uh, New England Patriots defense that was the real reason why they won the Super Bowl last year, other than a very clutch drive put together by jo- Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady last season, putting together that nice drive, finishing it off with Sony Michelle into the end zone. At the end of the day, uh, Tony Michel 89 yards rushing. Joe Mixon, 136. A couple of back-to-back days for Joe Mixon, kind of putting up big-time numbers. Adrian Peterson-type numbers, you could say, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, good for him, kind of breaking through after struggling the last year and a half. Good for him, but unfortunately, completely meaningless after getting blown out by a New England team here. That was, you know, just like, yeah, we need to start winning again, or we're not going to have a first-round bye. Kansas City's going to catch us if we keep screwing around. And losing to Cincy would be, like, the stupidest thing ever, which they did not do. Um, boy, Cincinnati, as bad as it was with Marvin Lewis, it's even worse without him, I guess. I, I don't know. It's back to being Cincinnati again in the pre-Marvin Lewis days when they didn't win jack crap. You know, until like well, other than nineteen eighty eight when they won the AFC for the second time, but ran into Joe Montana twice. The two times they went to the Super Bowl, the Cincinnati Bengals they ran into Joe Montana. Ugh, oh, ugh. Oh, I feel that's another franchise I feel bad for. The Chargers ran into Steve Young, and they had some good teams, and they'd always run into really good, super good teams like New England and such that would end up costing them a chance to to go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, or you know, San Francisco, blah blah blah. It's a bummer. Arizona and Cleveland. Yuck. Yuck City. Arizona won another game. Good for them. 38 points. Cleveland is cemented as finished at the end of the day. And Freddie Kitchens will be probably working in a kitchen somewhere. That might be where his next coaching job will be in the kitchen. He'll be running a kitchen somewhere. I know. It's not funny. Maybe it's funny to some of you out there. This is kind of like a chocolate Dunkin' Donuts uh, background here with red and brown. Kind of looks cool looks kind of cool. Chocolate Dunkin' Donuts. I'm trying to think of what else it looks like. But, uh, whatever. That's about how interesting this is. I don't know. Arizona and Cleveland, uh, you know, I mean, Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick. He has his issues, his maturity issues. Kyler Murray looks like a future stud, but of course, you know, he's still a rookie, and I don't know. It's a mess. Arizona's what it is. They're they're gonna take a little while here. Gotta work on building on offensive line. It's a crying shame that Larry Fitzgerald is ancient history, but he is, and uh, what are you going to do? Just be happy you got to play with him, I guess, for, for one year. Uh, God God bless you. God bless you. You got, the, you got Max Williams, the former gopher there. Still got a long career ahead of him at the tight end position. Got some good running backs there. David Johnson, obviously, is what he is. But, uh well, obviously, Arizona is long, long out of it, unfortunately, like many, many other teams. That's where this, this time of year gets kind of mad. Jacksonville and Oakland. You know, Jacksonville got pounded by this. This is why the NFL is just weird. The Los Angeles Superchargers, where today it was a, an electric fire in uh, that field. That field, but starts with uh, health, I guess. We'll get back to that later. Jacksonville, 20-16. to 16. I mean, just, again, wrap your head around this. 20-16 to 16 over Oakland, who they're... They, just a couple of weeks ago, had a winning record and still had a shot at the postseason, and it can't be Jacksonville. I... Uh, At home, by the way, okay, I mean, it's a sad, sad, sad ending to one of the most storied franchises in NFL history. And don't forget, they have three Super Bowls, three Super Bowl championships, including their first one against, yeah, against us, just like Pittsburgh got their first, against us, you know. Wasn't that great? We got to see both of those two teams in the the 70s and early 80s in the Raiders' case as that one extended after Pittsburgh. They were kind of the new dynasty at the end of Pittsburgh's dynasty run. Um, Preventing the Vikings from becoming one. Uh, Whatever. It's a sad, sad ending. Leaving Oakland again this time for good because they're going to Las Vegas. And it's a crappy ending. Crappy ending. Um, Jacksonville, whatever. I just, you know, it's crazy to think just a couple years ago they were in the uh, AFC title game and they actually held their own against New England pretty well. San Francisco is winning the whole game the whole game, and then Atlanta scores 19 points in the fourth quarter, and San Francisco's defense just kind of gives up the ghost, just like they kind of almost did against Drew Brees last week, Uh, past his prime Drew Brees, as it was just up and down the field, both teams, it was like a 100-point game, basically, between San Francisco and New Orleans last week, but it was epic, it was fun, and then you can't beat the crappy-ass Atlanta Falcons, who have lost nine games already this year, in your home field, Oh, San Fran, you screwed yourself in Unaware. You know now do you see why I was hoping San Francisco would all have home field advantage rather than Seattle. Seattle's going to win the, the, the NFC if they win the uh, home field advantage. They're going to win the NFC. Do you really want to see the Seahawks in the Super Bowl again? I would 10 times take San Francisco over Seattle any day of the week in terms of like who I'd prefer. They still might get it, but losing this game just bites. You know, it really does. This is bad. How, Atlanta's got their talent. You got Julio Jones. He's like a fantasy phenom. When he's healthy, he's the best wide receiver on the planet. Matt Ryan, you know, is he's another guy. Gosh, man, time is just too fast. He's already past his prime, I'd have to say. It's hard to believe I'm saying that. Matt Ryan, I remember when he was the third overall pick in the draft in 2008. But 2008's 11 years ago. So, it's not impossible that he could be past his prime, just like a guy that we're playing next week. <laughs> The guy that we're playing next week who always seems to get those big third downs against us in Lambeau, hopefully not in U.S. Bank. Jimmy G just, he didn't turn the ball over, but he wasn't all that spectacular, just very average. Matt Ryan and Jimmy G, very average. You'd think this would be an epic battle between two great quarterbacks again, and it just kind of wasn't. And then Dan Quinn's defense keeps San Francisco to 22, and Atlanta scores 29 with that offense that's still there. There's remnants of it. and They won the NFC, it seems like, 20 years ago right now with how much that team has changed, even though the players are still there. But the results aren't. And I, I, I don't know what to tell you. At San Francisco, this one hurts. This is one of those games, man, that is going to really haunt them. If They if, you know, they don't have home field. They end up losing in the first round or second round right away. They end up going to Seattle and getting trounced. Uh, uh, you know, I don't want Seattle in the Super Bowl, but they're going to go. They have home field. They're going to the Super Bowl. I mean, the odds of somebody going into that place and beating them in the playoffs is very slim. But I, I guess anything could happen, and I hope it does. I don't want Seattle going to the Super Bowl, but I mean, it is what it is. Go San Francisco if that uh, if they end up playing each other. <sighs> Dallas finally showed up to play. Did did they say? Oh, Jason Garrett's going to get fired if you lose today. Jason Garrett's going to get fired. Well, well <laughs> they also probably realized, yeah, they might lose the division to Philadelphia today. So they finally woke up because they're playing in the worst division in football. They would have lost the division to Philadelphia today. Uh, they would have lost the division to Philadelphia today if they lost today, which would have been really funny. They would have been 6 and 8. That would have been really funny. And I wish they did. But I don't know, because Vikings are going to be okay. I think the Vikings' chances of getting in the playoffs now are pretty much cemented. Um, Vikings. Could lose both games and still make it possibly, you know, just ten and six. Because I mean, the Rams are, you know, the most mo- most games that the Rams could win is uh, ten. Obviously, after today's game, forty four to twenty one in Dallas, Texas. Uh, go Cowboys! I guess good good on them for hanging on to their division lead. I kind of wish Philly got them, but then again, do I? Yeah, I'm not scared of Philadelphia in the playoffs. I'd love to play them in the playoffs. I'd love to, but yeah, we'd have to be like way up there in the ranking. We'd have to move up in the. We're not going to be a top wildcard team. We're either going to have a bye or we're going to be, you know, at the bottom of the wild card. It is what it is. Goff, good, solid game. Prescott, solid, efficient, more efficient than Goff because Goff had an interception. And then just generally speaking, the Cowboys offense was just kind of all over the uh, LA Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. See, that one rolls right off my tongue perfectly because they were the LA Rams forever. Most people call them the LA Rams, but then there's Los Angeles Rams, of course. And they didn't wear those beautiful uniforms this week. And, well, when they don't wear the beautiful uniforms, I don't think they're as good a team. Uh, they, I guess they're also on the road. Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott just crushing the Rams on the ground today. 131 and 117 respectively. Just giving up those rushing yards, boy. Those rushing yards. of so 150 on the ground. 250, pardon me, on the ground uh, against the Los Angeles Rams. What a yucky game for the city of Los Angeles. What a yucky day for the city of L.A. Oof. Bad, bad day for the city of angels. It was a city of demons, without a doubt. That doesn't sound good. Tempe Buccaneers, talk about not sounding good. And they're still alive, actually. They're still alive because they've had a couple of good weeks in a row. Good job, Bruce Arians. Whatever he's doing, good job. Because uh, Jameis Winston against the bend-but-don't-break defense of Matt Patricia. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't break at all. No, he didn't break at all. Only 460 yards passing and four touchdowns from Jameis Winston. And I know, this is kind of, he's, again, like I'll keep saying, he's Culpepper on crack. Like, when Dante Culpepper was super good, he'd put up numbers like this. But Winston's, like, you know, his turnovers are, like, you know, bad. Like, really dumb. And it, like, kills, kills your team. Where Culpepper would have turnovers, but they didn't necessarily kill you. It was the amount of turnovers that killed you. Where Winston is just kind of a combination of everything. I don't know. He's had a good couple of games though, and Bruce Arians must be getting through to him. Seven and seven record for Tampa. If <laughs> they're knocking on the door a little bit, they're not going to make it. But still, I mean, not bad. Not bad. Good job by Bruce Arians. This shows how what a hell of a coach he truly is. And Detroit sucks. It also shows Detroit sucks. This was in, uh, you know, Ford Field and all that. Their season is over anyway. But ooh, it's got to be over, right? And I know it's like, you can't fire a coach after two years, but yeah, but this is bad, though. This is really bad. They're, when your coach is known for defense, and the defense sucks, and the defense was better before he was there, with an offensive coach, the defense was better before he was there. Okay, so what what does that tell you? Does that tell you he's a good coach, or he's not a good coach? It's nothing personal, it's business, you know? It is. it is. This is bad stuff. Uh, Detroit is Boy to boy do they know what last place looks like. Three, ten, and one. They are legitimately last place team. And again, it doesn't help when Matthew Staber's out for like three, four weeks straight with the back, you know, and he's not gonna play anymore. I get it. So maybe that's why it's they're not in a huge rush to fire him, but at the same time, thirty-eight points though. Still thirty-eight points at home against Tampa? I mean, you yeah, know, whatever. It is what it is. They bring him back. They bring him back. Green Bay, and good for us if they do. Up, oh, wrong one. The Green Bay Slackers, everyone's favorite team. Everyone's favorite team of the Purple Mafia show. I know this is all your second favorite team because why would you hate your borders? Uh, why would you hate your neighbors to the east? They're they're our neighbors. We love our neighbors. Love your neighbor as if yourself. Nah, nah this is one time where we'll, we'll make an exception to that one. But a twenty-one to thirteen, game Packers win. That's all. Packers won, and the Bears' offense is just what they are—mediocre and boring and yuck. And they'll they'll get your hopes up a little bit, and then they'll let you down. And gosh, they they had opportunities in this game time and time again, but it just never amounted to jack. And it was so frustrating. And Aaron Rodgers, he's decent. You know, he'll always get those stupid third downs. That he needs, he'll always get him, even though he's clearly not the same guy. He's still excellent. He's just not phenomenal anymore. He's not Mister I can run for 15 yards when it's third and 14. He's not Mister Hail Mary touchdown we win and you lose nanana boo boo. He's he's more of Mister What the hell? I thought I was gonna I thought I was gonna get a call there. I thought I was gonna get a call, but occasionally he does, and occasionally he doesn't now. <clears throat> sometimes the pass is not accurate and sometimes the catch is not made. It's is it his teammates fault? It is it is it his fault? One way or another he's going to blame someone else. He's going to blame the refs, he's going to blame his wide receivers, he's going to blame the offensive line, he's going to blame the coach, he's going to blame the coordinator, he's going to blame the weather, he's going to blame the fan. No, he I don't, maybe not the fans, but uh he'll find something to blame. He'll find something to blame other than uh, himself uh, at the end of the day. That's what I don't like about Aaron Rodgers very much. I don't think a lot of people do these days. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Um, you got to make that interception there, buddy. And the Bears. Oof, you got to make that interception. That was a golden opportunity, but that was one of those three plays down the stretch. Well, that's who we're playing. Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings history against the Green Bay Slackers. It has gone the uh, way of the Packers the last 20 years or so because of the Brett Favre, the Aaron Rodgers and such. Aaron Rodgers has had a great record against the Minnesota Vikings for many a year. Minnesota Vikings lost five games in a row from 2010 to 2012 when they won that Super Bowl, and that was crappy, and it was a terrible season in 2010 anyway, and the 2011 Vikings were like horse crap, for lack of a better word. I thought we had an even worse game in there when Ponder was drafted. Wow. Yeah, we did. 45-7. to 7. Remember that? Light years away from success. Remember that night? Vikings defense was bad. Christian Ponder was poo Yeah, it was like, no. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, We had a lot of bad games against this team. There were a lot of L's from 2010 to 2016. That was in the prime of Roger's career. At the end of the day, Favre obviously had a lot of success against the Vikings. They swept us in, in 06. We swept them in 05. We completely swept them. We did something, well, no. Oh four, they swept us. And then there was the old, you can't beat a team three times in one season. And the Vikings beat them in Green Bay. Remember that when we backed into the playoffs that year? And we beat the Packers. That was cool, man. Only to get killed by Philadelphia the next week. Hope oh, was still the quarterback. That was fun. And then we had another Viking Packer playoff game in 20, well, 2012 season, 2013, 24 to 10. Yucky game. Joe Webb looked like crap. That just kind of was what it was. During the prime years of Aaron Rodgers, there was a lot of red and not a whole lot of green. I mean, ooh boy. A lot. A lot. Uh, things started out well against Rodgers when the Vikings uh, beat up on him pretty good back in 07. That was, nope, 07 was Favre's last year. 08. We lost to them. Yep, they beat us pretty good. 24-6-19. to, 6, uh, to 19. That wasn't that good. But uh, so far in US Bank Stadium, the Minnesota Vikings have had a uh, have had success. He had the, uh, uh, 2016. Yeah, we actually swept the Packers in 2016. But yeah, that was another one of those crazy years where things didn't go as well for uh, Aaron Rodgers and such. We had that fun game. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, that was, I'm getting that year mixed up a little bit. That was a that was a late final regular season game where the Vikings actually won. I kind of that's weird. Yeah, in the 2015 season. Yep, when the Vikings made the playoffs, won the division. That was cool in 2015. But then uh, 2016, yep, Sam Bradford, that really cool game. The Vikings defense was 85 Bears-like in 2016. And then you go to Green Bay later that year, and that was when things were much different. Christmas Eve was just a disaster for us. That was the year when it was every holiday was, was a loss, a nasty game. Halloween, we got killed. I forget if that was – that was Chicago – Thanksgiving was, of course, Detroit. It wasn't Dallas. It was Detroit, and then Christmas Eve was Green Bay. So it was like, phew, "Happy holidays, everyone!" No, I'm just kidding. Happy holidays. No, I'm not a big fan of that phrase. But I guess when you're talking about multiple holidays that we, you know, we celebrate all of three of those, then I guess it's okay. We're mentioning all three of those. But happy, yeah, all of those. Okay, we'll move on. Seventeen, we all remember. You know, Rogers got got a broken shoulder, thanks to Aaron Barr, uh, Aaron Barr, Anthony Barr, and then yeah, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, yeah, hit by Aaron Anthony Barr, Vikings shut out the Packers, that was our first shutout ever since 93 against uh, Detroit way back in the day, I still don't know how we shut out a division champion team, but that Vikings defense was pretty good in 93, it was the offense that was boring, uh, overtime win recently in 2018, that was kind of, no, overtime tie part of me, that was crappy, and um, the Vikings beat the Packers in 18, blah, blah, blah. Didn't matter a whole lot because we missed the playoffs anyway. And then recently, there we had that back-and-forth frustration against Green Bay. 21-16, a game we easily should have won, but that was Kirk Cousins' last horrendous game. That was his last interception until recently. A couple of, uh, yeah, today's was a earned interception. Most recently, it was a tip-up by, uh, <laughs> by, by, uh, Stephon Diggs, who tipped the ball up in the air and was intercepted by a defender. But today was an earned interception. That was his legitimately awful throw. Um, again, Rodgers has passed his prime a bit. Vikings' success at home has been very good. We are, in fact, 3-0 and in U.S. Bank Stadium. So again, 17-14. That was that 85-looking team at the time. Vikings beat the Packers pretty good in 17. But again, that was, you know, that was not even with Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback. Or he was there, but then he got hurt in that game in U.S. Bank Stadium. And of course, last year 24-17. I do believe the Vikings continue the trend. Even though the Packers are 11-3, and their defense is much more frustrating. This and that. I'm not all that impressed with their offense at this stage. And who could be? They're right in the middle. 15th, 17th and running. Blah, blah, blah. But their defense has definitely been significantly better than it was in the past so that's kind of like the biggest problem the biggest threat coming in, they've certainly frustrated Chicago, not that uh, Chicago's offense is making anybody blush right now, it's not in fact most people would say they suck I mean just flat suck, luckily that's the team we're playing next I wish the Blackhawks offense sucked but at least the Wild are with them right now <laughs> it's funny, I'm not having football in the background yet, it's coming though it's coming, Buffalo is in the red zone after a very low-scoring game so far. Buffalo and Pittsburgh screwing around at this stage. But uh, let's look at the Green Bay Packers' defense and what they've accomplished thus far this season. And with Green Bay, when you talk about their defense, they do give up yardage. It's just they're stingy about actually giving up points. So it's kind of bend but don't break in a sense. And they haven't had such great weeks lately. So far generally speaking uh, it has been a solid overall season for their defense I mean it's better than it used to be they are in the bottom half giving up 367 total yards per game in points yeah, as you actually look at their points too I mean they you know they're they're a bit on the stingy side but their offense is still ever capable of lighting you up on the right day they give up less than 21 points a game 20.8 so they're kind of in the middle there which is totally fine I suppose. Their run defense, I mean, remember how uh, Delvin Cook had a great game against them. They give up 122.8, and we'll have to worry about Delvin Cook, or we're going to have to sweat that left shoulder a bit with Delvin Cook. Definitely an upper body injury if you want to get in the hockey talk there. They're in the bottom third. Again, 123 a game, basically. And in passing yardage, they are, at this stage also, not in the greatest Area. It's just their defense, their pass rush has been pretty good. They're giving up 245 yards a game through the air. Um, I do expect the Vikings to establish the run as much as possible in this game. Luckily, the home crowd is going to be on our side for the most part, even though Packer fans travel well, and it's not far of a travel. Uh, they're tied with a bajillion other teams for third in the uh, in the NFL with 13 interceptions. New England is way ahead of everybody with 21. Pittsburgh's second with 18. And then you got Washington, Minnesota, Kansas City, Carolina, blah, 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 blah. But of course, Minnesota got three today. So 16 there. And I do believe Trubisky threw at least one in today's game. Most likely, if I can get back to where I was here. Oh, yeah, but I mean, Minnesota's obviously much higher. Oh, no, Trubisky had two. Had two today, so they have 15. They're still behind us. 15 total interceptions. They do force turnovers. They're not like San Diego, where it's more of a conservative kind of defense, where they can stymie you, they can rush your quarterback, but not force a whole lot of INTs, per se. New England leads in a lot of categories. Forced fumbles, blah, blah, blah. San Francisco's way at the top with Arizona, surprisingly. Wow, that's impressive. And even Tampa. Huh. Green Bay. Where the heck are the Packers? Right in the middle there with 11. That's actually not bad. They've had 11 forced fumbles on the season. So, to speak, the sacks, of course, we're always worried about that. Pittsburgh is leading the whole league. At least they were coming into this week. That's kind of where it is. Green Bay has 32 sacks on the season. Again, right in the middle. But we all know, we all remember what happened last time around. They frustrated the hell out of... uh, Out of Kirk Cousins, I mean, the offensive line has improved since then. Uh, Garrett Bradbury has definitely settled into his role as the starting center of the Vikings. Pat Elfline has improved. Riley Reef, when healthy, is good. And if not, Rashad Hill is an ever-capable backup left tackle. In fact, a lot of people would say he's a much better pass blocker. Riley Reef is still a good run blocker, this and that. Brian O'Neill is the best overall uh, uh, offensive lineman on the team. Joel Klein is healthy. I just, Josh Klein, I just called him Joe Klein. I remember that's an NBA player many years ago. Uh, Josh Klein has stayed healthy, so good for him after being banged up early, 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 early in the season. So the good news is the Vikings O-line is generally healthy. We don't know who's really secretly banged up a bit, but there, there is always that. Uh, <laughs> the offensive line has definitely been better, generally speaking. Hopefully Delvin Cook is ready to go. I'm guessing he is because he looked pretty... You know, he looked pretty chipper on the sidelines. He had a smile on his face the whole time. They're more or less just keeping him ready to go because clearly that Chargers game was not going well for L.A., now that I could call him that. Um, I do expect the Vikings to establish the run early against this team. Uh, Hopefully that crowd noise can frustrate Aaron Rodgers and we can force some, some turnovers against a guy who, again, I'll continue to say is past his prime. He doesn't put up the numbers he used to. He just doesn't. I mean he's gonna have a hard time getting to four thousand yards this year. And it's not like he's sat out any games. That's the whole point. Uh no, he'll I mean he'll likely get there to four thousand, but it's gonna be kind of a you know, kind of a stretch a bit. That's the thing. The one <laughs> the one thing though with Aaron Rodgers, he only has two interceptions on the year, which is phenomenal actually at the end of the day. That's the one thing. He has protected the football nicely. He has lost every fumble that he has fumbled this year, which is three. So only five total turnovers versus the guy we played this week. So hopefully there is a little bit of that uh, U.S. Bank magic that'll continue to frustrate Aaron Rodgers. But I I doubt it's going to be a major turnover, this and that. It's going to be just the the old inaccuracy, the frustration. That's going to be what'll uh, beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers coming up. He's certainly not throwing the yard as he did last year, but he's still his numbers are still kind of similar. Uh, he's not passing for 40 touchdowns anymore, 45, 38. He's going to wind up with somewhere in the upper 20s probably by the end of the day, at the end of the season. That's just kind of where he's at right now. Um, still great, still dangerous, still absolutely a threat. This is the game of the year. I mean, if there's one game you're looking forward to, this is the one. you got the green marker circled on that calendar coming up. And uh, it's going to be a, a hell of a matchup leading into the Christmas week here for the Minnesota Vikings. You're hoping for a Christmas uh, Christmas present, obviously this and that uh, dome wrapped or uh, U.S. Bank uh, Bo, uh U.S. Bank dome wrapped uh, win over the Green Bay Packers, which will not only basically clinch your playoff berth, but it'll possibly give you a legitimate shot of winning the NFC North still, because you'll at least have gained a split with the club, and you go from there. Oh, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be very fascinating indeed. Looking forward to this one. I'm sure everybody is. I do predict the Minnesota Vikings win this one in a very close fashion. I do think the Vikings defense will get to Aaron Rodgers enough that the Vikings will be victorious with the Daniel Hunter. I think he'll continue to do what he's been doing. Continuing that, bringing up that sack total. Hopefully he can force a fumble in the game. Something. Um, Green Bay's defense is the bigger threat in this game. You're just gonna to have to hope for uh good protection on Kirk Cousins and hopefully uh Delvin Cook is healthy, maybe Alexander Madison healthy as well. If you can get your full arsenal of running backs back out there, let's do it. Obviously if Mike Boone though is is ready to uh if if, if Mike Boone is gonna be needing to take snaps, the good news is I think he's capable. I think Mike Boone is capable if you need to. Uh the Green Bay run defense isn't that scary. They give up a hundred and what, uh, 123 yards a game, so if need be, maybe Aaron Boone is going to go out there and, uh, Aaron Boone, I just called him that, Mike Mike Boone can go out there and uh, get the job done again, power through that Green Bay defense and hope for something. That's, it's a defense that gives up yards. They don't give up a ton of points, but they do give up yards, and good things can happen for this Minnesota team, particularly at home. I feel confident that the Vikings can pull this off 24 to 20, 24, 21, something very close. It's going, to come, it's going to come down to the wire. Dan Bailey, hopefully, maybe some 47-yarder, 25-yard 20 chip shot, whatever it is, then he can nail it. Or maybe the Vikings just have the lead and have the big defensive stand at the end of the day. Frustrating Aaron Rodgers. And Minnesota moves up to 11-4 and four and drops Green Bay to 11-4. and four. And then it comes down to Week 17. Oh, yeah. That's my humble belief, though, that the Minnesota Vikings do establish the run early. Uh, I believe in all three of the Vikings running backs, even Abdullah on occasion. I mean, I consider him the fourth running back when it comes to literally being a guy that will run the ball rather than maybe a kick returner or whatever. He's going to be maybe a screenplay here and there. I trust Mike Boone more than I trust uh, Abdullah. I highly, highly trust Alexander Madison, and Delvin Cook is obviously the overall star of the team. Generally speaking, he's a guy who can beat 20. <laughs> he's a guy who can eclipse 20 miles an hour in uh, in speed. He's got the third gear that few guys have. And pray to God he can uh, be healthy and fall the right way, I guess, at the end of the day. Oh, it's sad that we have to think about that. He has to fall the right way. Oof, that's kind of weird, but <laughs> it is what it is. Hope all of you uh, have a safe week in this one, and I hope Minnesota comes out of this one with a victory, and I do believe they will. 24 to 21. Minnesota eclipses Green Bay and just barely and we go into week 17 for the NFC North Championship. With that said, we'll take a quick break and we're going to hear from Gerald String finally. So I apologize again to Gerald String that uh, last week I didn't see the call or the yeah, the the call-in. The audio submission is what it really is, but yeah, it's a call-in. He will lead off uh, fan interaction and we'll go from there in segment number three.
1: Hey, Joey, Gerald out of Nebraska. It's been a while since I did a call-in, so I just wanted to do a quick one here while I'm driving down the road. Uh Hands-free, of course, so if the audio's a little shaky, it's because I'm in my pickup. But uh, anyway, wanted to thank you for the gold star. Uh, always appreciated, but never necessary. Uh, nobody better to share that with than Mark Carlson, so really appreciate it. Uh, speaking of bad takes and Booger McFarlane, Um, My rant that I went on, your post-game thread, I actually was frustrated and shut the game off already. Uh, Apparently I'm just getting too old for some of these games when we got behind by, I think it was like 30 to 17, and I just gave up. And my buddy from Montana texted me, the Vikings are coming back, the Vikings are coming back. So I tried to, or did pull it back up on my phone, and the video's not very good. So the only thing I saw was, what I thought I saw was Abdullah trying to take the ball out again and fumbling again, when so I really went ballistic. And I uh, didn't realize till after I made the post that that was just a squib kick. And Ham actually fumbled it, but really on a squib kick, nothing else, not much more you could do. So anyway, sorry for the really bad take. but still frustrated with that kickoff return game. Um, I don't know, it seems like you risk the fumble and we don't ever really get it past the hardly the 22, 23-yard line. So what's the point of running the risk of fumbling? And I don't know. It seems like since Cordero left, we just don't have that threat anymore. But uh, anyway, um, Joey, thanks for everything you do. Hopefully you keep the show going. I know we all appreciate it a lot. And uh, talk to you guys later. Go Purple Mafia Nation.
0: And I can't thank you enough for that call in Gerald, and I'm so sorry that I ended up being a week late, but hey, you know, it's still still very relevant. I mean, the Seattle game, I don't blame you for being frustrated, and I wouldn't call it a bad take, just frustration, this and that, and, <laughs> and you know, we got to keep up with the game any way we can. Believe me, I can relate. At times, it's not easy sometimes. you got to come back and start all over, and blah, 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 especially if you're going to do a show about it, but ugh, start over, and yeah, ugh, starting over is the hard part, but... <laughs> uh, yeah the special teams for Minnesota have not been so good for quite a while it, it just feels like eternity I mean it's gosh I mean you know Cordero Patterson wasn't that fun when there was always this threat that he might return a kick for a touchdown it seems like that's just like ancient history isn't it and you had uh Marcus Sherels on occasion do that in the past and then it just never happened anymore and then you had uh god like way back in the day. David Palmer. God, oh, I love that guy. That guy was awesome. He was one of the best all-around athletes I thought the Vikings ever had. I, I, I just, there was a special place for that guy, and then he had an ACL, and he was never the same. It's just, oh, I hate it. I hate that about football. That's the old not for long. I uh, love you. I love you, Gerald, out of Nebraska, and Merry Christmas to your brother. Um, we're almost there already. Christmas season goes by too quick. There's the tree in the, in the, uh, there's the tree right now next to me to my left side, and in front of me, the wild game flashing right now because it's getting close. It's a close, uh, you know, the closing minutes here. About eight minutes to go, three to three games. So, Brave the Wild's kind of getting a little action here on Purple Mafia right now. Uh, Hopefully, the wild can beat him. I hate the Blackhawks, man. Hate the Blackhawks. Hate him, hate them, hate them, hate them. <laughs> so, let's get to Twitter at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. I am going to mention this. I'm going to mention this. I'm not trying to annoy anybody. I'm just going to mention it anyway. I'm not not Nobody has to agree with what I'm saying here. Nobody. So don't think that I'm just like, I'm right and you're wrong and screw you and whatever. No, I'm just saying it respectively. I was saying, unbelievable how every commercial is either Xmas or holidays. They're just allergic to the word Christmas. It's stupid. That's just my opinion. You know, that's just my opinion. And Viking Central liked the tweet, so thank you for that, Viking Central. Um, then we do have... Let's see where the retweets are. I believe, yeah, there was a lot of in, ongoing conversation with myself and uh, Vince Germano on the uh, at Wolves Explosion. That's the Timberwolves one. Tanae Brown and Malcolm McSween retweeted the most recent show. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand and Malcolm McSween out of California. Thank you guys so much for retweeting the most recent show. Uh, Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland was saying, it was like let them back in cousins. Hard to get into this game today. Don't see the lines as a challenge. Yeah, because I, Mad Martin's been busy. So I did get to it now. I was thinking, I better get to it. Yeah, because I believe the show had been uploaded right before I saw that tweet. So there it is. Yep, like instead of Comeback Cousins, it's let them come back in. Yep, I, I see what you mean there. That was a weird, stupid game. But the Vikings ended up winning both of them today, too. Mad Martin, interesting. Here, oh, he says the word political. Mad Martin, again, Northern Scotland, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, a gold star person every single week did the Blackhawks just score? yes they did oh, I'm so tired of it god was it Patrick Kane too was it Patrick Kane was it was it Patrick oh my god every Mickey frickin time nope it's a guy with number 8 not 88 that figures Ugh, cause 88 Patrick Kane anyhow Matt Martin yes just, I'm just a little distracted been wrapped up in the political shite going on over here, looking like 10-4 and 4 now. The Slackers game is going to be huge next week. Hope is good with you. Uh, hope hope all is good with you and your family, Skull, and I hope all is good with you as well. Uh, generally, we're doing okay. The Karen's both went through some health things recently, but they're going to be okay, my mom and my dad, so luckily, they're both going to be fine, God willing, so it was just kind of a tough, tough couple weeks for my mom lately, but... Uh, Nothing super scary, necessarily, but not comfortable. Let's just leave it at that. Not a comfortable couple of days. Ah, oh, suck. Sucky goal for us, but uh, uh, against the Wild just now. But, uh, yes, 4-3 to three Chicago. Mm. Yeah, same old crap. Matt Martin continuing saying, nice, easy victory today. Let's hope he's okay. That being him being Delvin Cook again. And I do believe he is. I do believe he is because he looked kind of like, uh, you know, he was just kind of chipper on the sidelines with... Uh, is uh, his buddy Alexander Madison. Malcolm McSween also mentioned this, or he liked the tweet. I put this out there because it was getting silly. The Chargers are starting to look like us in the 2009 NFC Championship game. Too soon? Yeah, I'm asking you. Is it too soon? Is it too soon, or is it okay for me to say it? Um, <laughs> I apologize if that annoys anybody, or I'm, I'm not a good enough fan, but I got to poke a little fun because, well, yeah, boy, oh boy. And I feel bad for the Chargers a little bit, actually. Um, I feel bad for Anthony Lynn, the coach. I I, I hope he's going to be all right. I mean, last year what were they? Eleven and five, twelve and four, I think. Right, and then they had to be on the road for the wild card because fricking Kansas City was thirteen and three, fourteen and two. I think they're fourteen and two if I remember correctly. That's why the uh, the Patriots had to actually play on the road. But boy, that was an impressive win for the doing the Patriots last season. That was probably the most impressive game they played the entire season was going in there and winning. So let's continue where we left off if humanly possible. I can, I'm getting sick of looking at this on the browser because it's just bad. It's just bad. I think Purple Mafia is also available on Google Play Music, adding another branch to the show like I mentioned. We'll get back to that shortly. One down, three to go. So now it's two down, two to go, basically. And a golden opportunity to possibly win the division. Possibly win the division. Ah, what is this? Interesting. Interesting. Okay, let's read this. Uh, yeah, a couple comments here. Leland out of Iowa saying, agree on the lights, Joey. That was meaning I like the halogen lights more than the LEDs when it comes to Christmas lights and all that. Unfortunately, all of our older lights have been replaced too. Yep, I, I, I feel you there. Mark Carlson says, yep, yep, so now I'm doing it in chronological order because I need to, especially for his post here. Mark Carlson says, man, a Viking train, way to work that in there, like a pro, yeah, wasn't that funny, yeah, because the train, yep, yeah, the actual real train came through, and I'm like, yep yeah, that's the Viking train uh, heading into the postseason, and I hope it is, that was fun, uh, he continues, Mark Carlson out of Iowa continues saying, well, that's unusual, huh says, uh, I just saw something very unusual, but I'll leave that alone, uh, he says, you know, you won't hear that on KFAN, great show, Joey. Good to hear Chuck Foreman is still around. Yes, he is. He he was fun to watch. As for the car, can you believe a raccoon damaged the car, causing the mortar to be damaged? And the tow truck driver dropped it off the side of the flatbed wrecker. Whoa. I will have a post of the picture. They dropped it off the side of the flatbed. Ah, really? Mm. And here is the picture. It's hard to see from this angle but it's dangling dangerously. I guess moral victory of the story here is don't let Christian Ponder drive the tow truck. He might fumble your family's car off into the weeds. Yeah. Yep, Christian Ponder, Dante Culpepper, Adrian Peterson. Those are definitely names that I would talk about with the uh, the fumbling. Boy, oh boy. Painful, painful, painful stuff. Just like trailing the freaking Blackhawks four to three in Chicago. Bruce Boudreaux looks like he's about to pop like usual. He's yeah losing stocks you to that same stinking team. Let's move on now to I was mentioning how Pooble Mafia is now available on Google Play Music, adding another branch of the show. Gerald String, Nebraska says, great show as always, Joey. Thanks for putting in the time. Don't know how far Cousins can take this team this year, but honestly impressed how he has carried the team the last several games. NFL.com has him him rated in the top 10. I think around 7th and to think a few weeks back, the fan base is ready to give him the boot. No, Adam, I mean now Adam Thielen, or excuse me, no Adam Thielen, and it seems like most teams focusing on shutting down Cook. In addition, we are struggling to get a handle on our cornerback situation. (sighs) Yep, kind of, kind of has left everything up to Cousins to pull this train through, and maybe playing as good a football as he ever has in his career. If the offensive line can continue to improve, and Zim can figure out how to fix the cover game. Who knows what could happen? Hope we can finish strong and continue to play consistent ball. I think Thielen comes back today, so we will see how that turns out. And yes, Thielen had a, had a couple of moments had a couple of moments in the game, but he didn't stand out that much, and the offense, generally speaking, other than that big play by Diggs, didn't stand out a whole lot. I mean, Mike Boone was a little exciting down the stretch. That was kind of cool to see him. But uh, yes, Adam Thielen's back, thankfully. So we're going to definitely need him against Green Bay. I'd certainly be frustrated to find out he's out again. But uh, I don't get the vibe that Dylan's uh, out. Again, pitch count, this and that. It is what it is. They're always going to be going through that with everybody. Adam Thielen, for the record, three targets, three catches, 27 yards. This is what I thought. They were closer plays. And Stefan Diggs had that big 47 46-yard yard reception that uh, made things more and more interesting. And I get another situation where the Chargers maybe, well, or excuse me, the Vikings got away with something. And the Chargers got semi-screwed as well. Yes, sir. What was I saying? I was telling him I found his call. Sorry about that. Yep. Justin Mayer Henry says, nice. That's my go-to already. Again, the Google Play music application. So it's just another way to listen to the show, basically. Maybe somebody that loves that app, like apparently Justin Mayer Henry does. Uh, Also, Justin, I'm not going to say too much. Just saying, keep him in your thoughts and uh, prayers, so to speak. He's going through a tough time, but uh, it's going to get better now. You know, that's the thing. It's not health related. Just saying, just keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, God, God bless you, Justin. Um, so uh, hope everything is uh, hope everything works out okay for you, brother. Just, just, just uh, saying that. I'll just leave that. I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. So good, good for him that uh, you know things are probably heading in a better direction here, slowly but surely. I mean, life is uh, life is not easy. It just isn't. I mean, we've all been through a lot of frustrating things in our lives, so. We'll continue here. I was talking about, I love those Chargers uniforms. I do. Kurt Back out of Lakeville. No, I keep calling it Lakeville. It's actually White Bear Lake. He says, they suck. Oh, well, I like them, Kurt. Come on now. Come on now. I, I do like the Chargers uniforms. Maybe blue and Paul Allen on KFA. You not called it Navy blue. I wouldn't call that Navy blue. It's like, it's kind of like the Los Angeles uh, Rams. Uh, the, the Los Angeles Rams, the other LA team. Okay, this needs to be. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the LA Rams. It's kind of like that color, that royal blue that I love very much. Actually, uh, who was liking that Brett McCarthy? Okay, yep, awesome drive, and then Bailey missed an extra point. That was really frustrating. Let's see if there was a reply. I was saying, oh, Daniel Hunter's unbelievable. Brett McCarthy says love it. Uh, Jalil also got a sack in the game. That was cool. Cedric Paulding says Mike Williams is going to make the Pro Bowl off our secondary today. And yeah, sure looked like it for a while there, didn't it? Cedric, Cedric Paulding, Mississippi. Mississippi and a Navy veteran. Navy veteran, this is the Army-Navy week. Yes, sir. I, I'm on, usually on the Navy side, generally speaking. Um, I was saying, I don't know why Sean Manning isn't in the game at some point. Brett McCarthy was saying, I'm thinking the same thing. Brett McCarthy against South Dakota. Boone into the end zone with authority. Brett McCarthy says, nice drive when it matters. It it's like it takes the it, it takes these guys a while to settle into the game, and boy, did it ever! It took forever. Eric Mustard, South Dakota, says the Chargers logo kind of looks like the mustache on the Vikings logo. <laughs> That's funny. Cedric Paulding at the beginning was saying Thielen returning today should be a big help on offense, and yes, he was definitely. Sebastian Barton, man, Cato and a legend says quite or quiet a bit early. It, it's quiet a bit early. Joe hates these afternoon slots usually, and yeah, generally speaking, I do. <laughs> it's a little goofy, but the show seems to come around around the same time. And there's Patrick Kane, there's Patrick Kane with his showtime goal and eighth career hat trick. Oh God, another another Patrick Kane hat trick against the Minnesota Wild. Ah, <laughs> oh. seriously, that's, that's just the story of the Wild versus Patrick Kane, isn't it? I don't think anybody scored more goals against the Wild historically. It's, it's got to be him, right? It's got to be. This is an empty netter, but it's, uh, you know, the hat trick. It's not like it's his first goal of the game or anything. Hat trick for Patrick. Oh, it's St. Paddy's Day. Oh, yeah. Uh. Ah, boy. It's just just depressing. Cedric Paulding was saying, what a wasted opportunity. Come on, Stefanski. That play calling was horrible. Yep. (laughs) Cedric, yep, wasn't a fan of that. Rivers getting away with floating passes. Yep, and he did have the... uh, Intentional grounding, you can see that one coming. The O-line isn't getting any push. We might need cousins to throw 40 times this game. Luckily, the defense ended up getting all that. Yep. Uh and Smith also had an interception in the game. Yep, that was always so very cool. Cedric Paulding, Brett McCarthy. Lots of fun interaction in here. Cedric Paulding, touchdown, Vikes Skull. And he was saying, "Damn, can the Vikes ever put their foot? Uh, they ever put their foot on some throat? Come on, Kirk, that was piss poor. Yeah, that was a bad throw. Yep. So interesting thing here, where Cedric uh, Polding, Mississippi, well, that also is uh home of, of of Auburn. Yep, Auburn. You know, war damn eagle, as they would always say when they score touchdowns and big things happen for uh, Auburn. Well, Golden Gophers will be playing Auburn in the. Uh, if you've been living in a cave here in the Twin Cities, anyway, they'll be playing Auburn." in the Outback Bowl, so for the first time ever, me and uh, Cedric Paulding will be on the on the opposite sides, unfortunately. So, it's a shame. Me and other Gopher fans in this area will be on opposite sides. Um, I like Auburn. It's a crying shame we're playing them. It's good competition. Uh, if I'm a betting man, I'm probably picking Auburn, unfortunately, because Auburn's, yeah, slightly more established than than the Gophers. It just is what it is, so thought I'd mention that, unfortunately. Let's move into the... Post-game thread, if it's still there. 11 comments. Okay, you got some got some going on there. Got some going ons. we got to get going here. Well, this Blackhawks game's not ending well. It never seems to. Frickin' Blackhawks. They always beat the Wild, man. And, of course, Patrick Kane, another hat trick. He, he's had about three against us, if not four, right? God, every time. And yet, they're the, in last place, too. That, that's the joke of it all. Like, they're 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 not very good anymore. But every time they play us, they're the Stanley Cup champion Blackhawks again. It's like the same thing. Yankees and Twins. Oh, sorry, that was kind of distracting. Brett McCarthy says defense was scary in the first half but settled down in the second good win on the road. We will need to score big to beat the Packs. That's for sure. David Abraham's David Abraham locally says solid effort. Welcome aboard, David Abraham. I know him well from uh, Minnesota Wild Hardcore, which I've ended up uh, Ended up becoming Minnesota, well, global, basically, in a lot of ways. Like, it's a different page, but, you know, a lot of us moved over to global when uh, Hardcore shut down, unfortunately. David Abraham says, solid effort. Wanted to see more passing. and I, I feel you there. There wasn't a whole lot. It was kind of, uh, kind of boring on the offensive side, David. Gerald String says, taking care of business on the road. Awesome. Brad McCarthy says, secondary is going to have to be better next week. Mark Carlson just missed the game due to car shopping. Oh, they were shopping still, huh? Oh, man. Actually, we were returning a car to the dealership. They let us drive it home and keep it overnight. So I listened to AM570WNAX out of Yangton, South Dakota, where Paul Allen was announcing with someone else. And I thought his play-by-play coverage and commentary added excitement to the game. Yeah, he is very good at it, actually. I don't necessarily like his regular 9 to noon show as much as I used to. In fact, yeah, like fifty percent of it is just bullcrapping around you know that's why I don't like live radio very much because when they're like whenever he has a guest, it's always two segments. There's always one segment where it's just let's just bs around about nothing like personal stuff that's not even interesting to most people and then we'll get serious and talk you know sports or whatever talk serious about maybe it's a former Viking or current Viking or or uh you know somebody who covers the Vikings or whatever or twins or whatever. He always does that. I hate the the BS segment. That's just me. But he's a damn good play-by-play guy, though, isn't he? I'll continue saying uh, with uh, what Mark said to use. I can't believe the Chargers turned the ball over so many times. It was a thrill to listen to today's Skull brothers and sisters and a shout-out to Camera Engel. Hopefully I said that correctly. Engel. To join the Purple Mafia Show Facebook page and please check out the podcast. God bless you, Mark. Thank you, 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 thank you. Brett McCarthy says, Mark Carlson, where are you from? And Brett McCarthy's saying, I live in northwestern Iowa. I am only twelve miles from the Minnesota border and forty miles from the South Dakota border. Gotta have lots of family in Southwest Minnesota and Sioux Falls, South Dakota area. And since you asked, I was thinking maybe. Those of us from the area should gather for a Purple mafia fan meetup at one of Sioux Falls' finest establishments sometime. Wouldn't that be cool? And I, I, I'd like to drive there sometime. I have such a hard time like getting enough free time to go for a road trip, but that would be fun. It really would be, especially to meet you guys. That'd be like a dream come true. And I'm not trying to over exaggerate or sound like Mister Mister Sweetheart. No, I'm being serious when I say that. It would be like a dream come true. Lee Lind out of Iowa says very nice road win. A Vikes win or a Los Angeles loss gives the Vikings the sixth seed, and they still have an outside chance at the NFC North with the Packers coming to town next week. So I'm not giving up the North title again, and neither am I. Neither am I. Uh Fred McCarley, do, do we try to keep Wayne's next year? Thoughts? Um possibly uh your well Rhodes is going to be gone so i would say probably uh depends on how much he wants if he wants like a crazy amount of money i don't know uh holden hill i thought held his own very nicely today uh alexander's good and solid mike hughes was generally pretty good as well he even added an interception but it was more of what's his name's bad passing old what's his name philip rivers just chucking and ducking and that's kind of all that was at the end of the day I say yes at a at a certain price. Like don't go crazy. He has to me he's not earned a gigantic contract. He has not. Um but it, it is what it is. He's earned a raise from what he's you know, from like a like a rookie or con like like a lower end contract, but it is what it is. Uh Bonnie Wells a secondary still scares me. Me too. Uh Trey Buckholz says defense came to play, absolute dominance. And generally speaking, yes. They did give up yards early. But generally, it was a great game for the defense. In fact, it really was. It, it truly was a great game for the Minnesota defense. Um, that would be awesome. What oh, is this? lord uh, Okay. So, with that said, I want to thank uh, Gerald String for the call in. You know, I didn't even mention the Facebook page: facebook. dot com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook. dot com forward slash Purple Mafia Show also give a shout out to mn vikings haven mn vikings haven in case uh some of you are still listening that go to that page i don't know if they listen i don't know sometimes people like it sometimes people don't like it when i post over there but i do give them a shout out in exchange for allowing me to post on the page kind enough to allow me to do there to post there so i am more than obliged to give you a uh, shout out on this show more than obliged to encourage listeners to join there as they have over the years Dave Hickey must be busy. Haven't seen him. Uh, guys, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, guys get busy. They disappear for a little while. Tony Coleman's been busy with life. You know, he's got young kids that are getting a little bit older, so they eat up your time. I I, I, I get it. I mean, it's like, quote, unquote, I wouldn't know, so to speak. But, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. My brother has a lot of kids, so it is what it is. So I can relate in that sense. So uh can't thank you guys enough for being a part of this. Hope to hear from Tony Coleman again soon. Dave Hickey. Sebastian Barton, always love hearing from you, Brent Jacobson. So again, anybody out there that wants to give the audio submission, I gotta check closer and closer and closer that PalladinoLive Live at Yahoo.com. PalladinoLive Live at Yahoo.com is where you can join the page like Gerald Sering did today in the audio submission route of doing so. Because that's the only route remaining now. There is no phone line anymore at the end of the day. So what you do is, well, I'll I'll pass off the stars first. I'll pass out the stars first. <laughs> <laughs> Gold star for this episode. Brett McCarthy, Gerald's. Uh, Brett McCarthy and. Uh, actually, yeah, I'm going to go with Brett McCarthy and Cedric Paulding are going to share it today. They really carried the uh, interaction there. Silver stars are going to go to Mr. Gerald String's going to get one for sure. And Mark Carlson, Mad Martin, and. Whew, Mad Martin, and. Who else could get the other uh, bronze? I'm going to give two today. Two foo for each. Man, I had one, and I lost one. Mad Martin. Oh, there's Tony Coleman. He is there. I don't know if I... I didn't see that. I am so sorry, Tony. And yes, this is a big thing. Tony Coleman says, look at all the purple in that stadium. A truly beautiful thing to behold. And wasn't that amazing? There was so much purple there. It was crazy. Yep, we completely took over. I mean, almost every time. And then you heard fans chanting defense, basically. That was pretty cool, too. So, yes, I apologize, Tony, for uh, not seeing that. Yes, this was in the in-game thread down the stretch. Tony Coleman's going to ring in that bronze with, uh, yeah, he's going to ring it in with uh, Ben Martin there. Thank you guys for the interaction. God bless you so much. Now we'll get to the auto-submission route and how to get there. Simply use the uh, voice recording application on any smart device on the planet, be it Android, Apple, whatever. Just use it that way. Click record or press record, whatever. It's it like a phone call. After about five minutes or so, save it and email it to paladino.live at yahoo.com. Paladino.live at yahoo.com. It's easy to kind of share, send, whatever to that email address. There will be a link in the show description for copy and paste purposes, which will help you very much at the end of the day. Uh, To that, there'll be a link to the Facebook and Twitter account as well, just to show you how to get there. Facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show and twitter.com forward slash purple mafia show or at purple mafia show for the twitter account to make it simpler uh, like and follow those pages follow the twitter like the Facebook page comment on both it would be great to hear from me and of course the audio submission is also awesome if I can hear from you even better than anything uh, and then if you could write a positive rating for purple mafia on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, it would be greatly 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 appreciated it always needs uh it always needs love uh there were some trolls in the early days that really hurt the rating uh, this is a much better show than the rating might indicate because of that like the early days back when i had an old cheap little microphone and i don't know <laughs> people were awfully mean uh back then <laughs> people could be mean uh as well but i mean just there, there were trolls over the years too Maybe people starting up a new show and oh this this guy's been around the last three years one star so there was that and it was basically admitted in the past too like you you knew they did it it was plain as day so people are trolls sometimes they some, one person took it away others haven't which is stupid so they like moved it to like a more proper rating like four or five stars at the end of the day because I gave them a five star or four star four or five stars so why, why would you give me a one that's pretty sick at the end of the day, I'm not sure where that came from, but, um, yeah, people are sick in this generation, man, I'm telling you, sick, you're nice to them, they slap me in the face, wow, welcome to the real world, huh, it's a sick, sick planet, man, I'm telling you, I am telling you, um, <laughs> I don't know what that was all about, actually, years ago now, um, multiple cases, not just once, um, yeah, really weird, um, at the end of the day, yes, I could use your love because of that. Those, those things don't go away, and the new ones are needed. <laughs> new ones are needed. New positive ones are needed. Not new bad ones. New positive ones are needed to help uh, fill up that crap from like several years ago, 10 years ago in some cases. At the end of the day, that's how old the show is. So thanks again in advance for those of you that have done it and, uh, or that will be doing it, and thanks in present tense for those of you that have done it. Thank you. God bless you very much. Hope all of you continue to have a nice, safe, healthy Christmas or holiday season, depending on what you celebrate. But Christmas is what I celebrate, and I'm not uh, ashamed to say so. Uh, at the end of the day, love the, looking at the Christmas lights once again. I can see Christmas lights out the window here, beyond the train the tracks. It's amazing how you can see Christmas lights blocks away. It's pretty cool, depending on the angle of where you're, uh, you're at. Because I'm kind of in the air compared to those houses, I guess, you could say. So beautiful, beautiful look. I'm probably going to go drive around and look at Christmas lights when this show is uploaded. So with that said, hope all of you continue to have a safe and happy uh, Christmas slash holiday season. Continue to stay warm for all of you up here in the Midwest. It's been pretty cold lately, pretty cold. I don't mind cold, but when it gets to be below zero, it's a little bit too cold at the end of the day. Love that there's snow everywhere. It looks great at the end of the day. Can't thank those of you, though, that have retweeted the show and told your friends about the show. And those of you that haven't, continue to tell your friends about the show if you could. Thank you, Mark Carlson, for inviting another friend over if you could. I appreciate you doing that so much, for doing that. Uh, sucks that the Wild lost, by the way. That's a Debbie Downer, but it's nothing new. The frickin' Blackhawks always beat the Wild. They're the New York Yankees, man. The Same thing. They're just like the Yankees. Ugh, oh, hate it. Hate the Yankees versus the Twins. It's a nightmare every time. Every time. I think I'll end at that. It's been about a. <laughs> and hopefully, the Packers' uh, quote unquote domination over the Vikings is long, long gone, as it generally has been, particularly since U.S. Bank Stadium has been uh, standing. So let's keep that going, keep that ride going. Let's go win that NFC North, and maybe, just maybe, this is the year.